0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about the Cardinals all night long We'll talk the games and all the rest About the team that we love best We'll talk about the Cardinals all night long We're gonna talk about the Cardinals all night long
1: Good morning. Welcome into another edition of Meet Me at Mutual. I'm your host, Daniel Shopko, C70 is bad at C70 on Twitter, With me it's always Alan Medlock from Red Dirt Redbird and A Medlock One on Twitter. Coming to you Saturday morning, the third of December. Uh, winter meetings getting started out in San Diego. Um, before we do all that, you know, let's. It's been a couple weeks. We'll do the catch up. Alan, good Thanksgiving. Everything's going well for the holiday season for you.
0: Oh yeah, everything's going really well. Weather stayed nice. Had a good family gathering. Uh, High school baseball opened on the first of December, so all is good right now.
1: Yeah, which is about the time means we're probably getting about the time where I have to find a whole lot of guests because Uh, Alan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be good
0: until uh, scrimmages in February, so don't worry about that. Saturday mornings work very well for me, so until tax time ticks up for you, (laughs) I think we'll be good.
1: That's also true. That's that's not something I really wanted to think about. Um, but <laughs> yeah. thanks, for, thanks for bringing it up. But it is about time. We'll have to start getting our normal series of guests. I know Jeff Jones is probably just chomping at the bit to start off another season like he has the last three or four years but um, before we get into all of that we do have some things to catch up on not only just the holiday season but last time out we (laughs) Alan and I exchanged messages like almost immediately afterwards realizing that we'd forgotten to talk about the coaching changes that the Cardinals had done Um, and even though it's a couple of weeks of the past well, heck, there's not a whole lot of other news to talk about. So, Alan, let's do a real quick recap. You know, the Cardinals sign a new hitting coach. They, they've they done a new pitching coach. They've got a new bench coach. What are your thoughts on some of this stuff?
0: Well, I mean, you knew. I figured, I have a feeling you probably asked me early because he, I would have a pretty strong opinion on Holiday coming back. <laughs> um, it was funny because... When I first heard that, and we heard the rumors, I was like, "I don't know if that's going to be in play." I didn't think that that was what was going to happen, just because I felt like that was a little fan service-y and it didn't make a lot of sense. Um, on a selfish note, I was afraid that was going to kind of take away from Oklahoma State a little bit. I know <laughs> I know that sounds stupid, stupid, but that's kind of the recruiting draw that they have down there—is the Ooh. family and, and everybody staying in the in staying in the Oklahoma State uh, program and whatnot. But uh, but no, I was happy to hear that. Um, it I'm, I'm okay with the changes. I think that some of the um, – I feel like some of the uh, the changes always get overblown. And, you know, I, we don't know how much they, they truly make a difference. I, I feel like the Jeff Albert news was probably pleasant to some people because I don't know if that was ever going to be a popular decision no matter how much they said, you know, things in the minor leagues were changing or whatnot. But it just mm-hmm. seemed kind of stale in the big leagues. So I think that that people can get on board that move, get on board with that move, pretty easy. But you know, I was happy for Holiday, and I, you know, I'm curious to see how it turns out, and and I I wonder how much that's going to be in play with some of the free agents as well. You know, about uh, how much that name means, uh, maybe as a draw to to bring guys in.
1: Yeah, I, maybe. I mean, it's very possible. I mean, um, the idea of working with with him and. One On in particular is why I say that. I'll <laughs> well, <I was> <laughs> about that in a minute. We'll talk about free agents. And yeah. Agents. Um, I, uh, I do think that, you know, there was a lot of people talking and banding about, oh, you know, Albert needs to be the hitting coach or Yachty needs to be the hitting coach or even Holiday needs to be the hitting coach or whatever the case may be. Um, I feel like in today's game, that may be wrong, you know, because obviously Turner Ward is a former player, but not of that level. I feel like you're going to, you need somebody that's you know, really absorbed in the analytics and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like so many times and you know, the superstars, not that they don't know it because I do, but I don't know that that's, you know, that's not able to teach it like that, or they're not necessarily as fully absorbed in it because they do have their natural talent and stuff like that. And I just don't, I think I like the idea that they just promoted Turner Ward. Um, yeah. I was a little bit surprised that they did that because I thought it sounded to me like Turner Ward was like, you know, taking what Jeff Albert was telling them and like maybe tweaking it to, and being more like the the people person, if you will. Um, so I thought maybe they would put somebody ahead of him and let him continue that role. But um, yeah, I think moving him up and, you know, they moved up Brandon Allen to be assistant hitting coach and basically just kept with the program. they just took Jeff Albert's name off of it to some degree?
0: Yeah, that's true. That's a good thing. Yeah, that's true. That's, and you know what? And I like the promotion within on those situations too, because that may be the only chance only shot these guys get, you know, that's yeah. I, so I'm all right with that. Even with the dusty Blake and, you know, and in all those moves, I I'm completely on board with it. And it's one of those, I, I'm glad that there was a little bit of quick closure to it as well. Yeah, Uh, you know one thing. One thing, real quick, that I was thinking about Mm -hmm. on that. Naturally, I remember used to think that you know if you get into that, uh, you know, the bench coach role, you're kind of being groomed to be a manager at some level. Do you get Mm -hmm. that with Holiday though? I'm not. I, I feel like it's more of a McGuire situation with Holiday than the potential manager. I don't know why I feel that
1: way. I think that it's less of that than it has been. The last two times they've put a bench coach in there, you know, when they brought Mike Schilt up to be the bench coach, Mike Matheny, you knew that they were looking for him to be a manager, uh, the same with Marmol. I mean, cause, but they'd done it in the minors. I, I agree. I mean, well, I guess I take that back. Skip Schumacher was there, but I think we also knew that skip was in line to be a manager. I think this one, I mean, Matt holiday might be a manager somewhere down the line, but I don't feel like that's why they brought him in here. You know, Ollie Marmol is going to be the manager here for a long, long time. I, I think, I mean, he's starting so young and I mean, the Cardinals, you know, Mike Schilt to the contrary, don't tend to want to change managers if they don't have to. So unless something just really goes south, I mean, you could see Marmol for 10 years, at least let's say, um, I don't, and, and, holidays, got the name that if somebody wanted to hire him because he's Matt holiday, then he'd get that already, you know? So I don't, I don't think it's about managerial. In fact, honestly feel like it comes across to me, you know, Marmol has a pretty good depth in analytics and all that kind of stuff. And the hitting and pitching coaches are both obviously well in that line. Holiday really just seems to, to me to be the guy, the, the voice of experience, the guy that's been there because there's not a lot of that on the major league level, right? Um, now the coaching staff is, you know, especially with Mike Maddox leaving, I am going to talk about the pitch coach in a minute, but, you know, there's not anybody on that staff, at least not the major ones that I'm thinking of right off the top of my head, um, that's had much more than a cup of coffee, I guess, Stubby Claff had a little bit. But, you know, Matt Holiday has been a player in the league for a long long time and I think some of that is just to give that voice of experience as a sounding board um instead of trying to learn the ropes they're just you know holiday just bringing that different perspective into this group and I I think that's more about what it is I mean I'm not saying that Matt holiday won't be a manager somewhere along the way but yeah I I just don't think that that's what this spot is there for if he gets if he gets anything out of that it's it's like a bonus
0: yeah. 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 That makes more sense. And, and you're right. I mean, I, I kind of overlooked, I guess it was the, the, the former player aspect of it is what I kind of mm-hmm. looked at because if you remember, I mean, we even, I remember even back in the uh, Redbird daily days, I, I wrote an article about how Schultz will be the manager before too long or a manager somewhere mm-hmm. before right. too long, just because of how highly they thought about him because Stan McNeil wrote articles about him in the, uh, in the Cardinals, uh, you know, game day magazine. Mm-hmm. You know about potential managing two or three years before he became the bench coach. You right. know type situation. Right. He was highly thought of in Springfield and Memphis, and you knew it was kind of coming. And and you kind of felt that with Marmol as well. And I think that was probably a little too obvious right in front of my face when I made the comment. But I think I meant more of the the, the past player. But no, I agree with you on that. I don't I don't think that's the uh, the that. I don't I, like I don't think that that's the natural progression of how things work now, or yeah. that was the intention of, of making this move.
1: Yeah, I, I, and I'm. You're right. I was a little bit surprised that that they went with Holiday. Not that they went with Holiday, more that Holiday wanted the job. Yeah, you know, I know. I that, really, that's well put. Yeah, um, because I thought that what his is this is it just his does he just have the two boys and he's got the second ones at at OSU? Uh, no, uh, well, he has.
0: You know his his second one who's supposed to be. You know Jackson was the number one pick. Right. He has one that will be a junior this year. That's really, really good as well, mm-hmm. and that—that's what kind of surprised me. Um,
1: yeah, that's what I was thinking. That he still had a couple of years before, getting yeah. completely out of the house. I guess to some degree. Yeah, you know?
0: and they. And he, I think I believe they have a younger daughter as well, older daughter okay. and younger daughter as well. So yeah, I, I I I was surprised by the move. I honestly was. Yeah,
1: but then again, you know, he came out pretty early on and saying he was open to something like that, and so I don't know. I mean i I'm, I'm glad i mean i think it works out well for the cardinals and i'm, I'm just very interested to see how th- i'm very interested to see how that works media wise as well right i mean ollie Marmol wasn't doing a whole lot of interviews when he was bench coach you know mike shield wasn't it but matt holiday has these connect i mean we know his relationship you know this joking relationship with uh Jim Hayes. And we know how he tends to call into the radio shows and, you know, be guests and stuff like that. You know, is that going to continue? Is he going to still be like the media face of the staff uh, to some degree? I don't know. I mean, I think that's going to be interesting to see how they, how they juggle Matt Holiday, the former Cardinal, you know, the Cardinal Hall of Famer versus Matt Holiday, you know, the bench coach that's, you know, not leading the staff. I I don't. I'm just interested because I don't think there's a right or wrong way. I just interested to see what happens.
0: No, I agree. And you know, one of the things that that came to mind whenever uh, whenever this was announced, um, I'm a big Matt Holiday fan. Even when it wasn't popular to be a Matt Holiday fan, a lot of it just because of the okay. Oklahoma State connection. I'll be honest with you, and just the stories of him being a, a, a phenomenal athlete here. Um, I do if you remember there was a knock on holiday of not being the most approachable and being the guy that was the first one out of the, out of the clubhouse. And I wonder about those things to where, is there a flip side to this To where this could be a negative? I, I mean, just to play devil's advocate on that, you know, but yeah. you no, know, I, I think that I think some of those stories can get overblown. Cause obviously he puts in the work himself, but, but mm-hmm. is that something that that could blow up in their face ultimately? Be, for the same reason that you said that, hey, what's going to be the grace period on the guy that has the red jacket, you know, type deal? Yeah,
1: that's that's always a risk. Um, I do think there's probably a difference, you know, I, and I think Matt Holland you know, knows the difference of, you know, being on the staff. And then, you know, the physical preparation is not the same. Yeah, It's, you know his family's in a different spot. You know, I think he's probably a little bit more open to being at the ballpark. I could see that at least put that way. Um, But yeah, I mean, and then again, you know, how much are they asking of the bench coach? I mean, we don't bench coach is one of those kind of, you know, not well-defined thing. I mean, I'm sure they have tasks and jobs, but for the most part, it feels like the bench coach is there to, you know, be a sounding board for, for the manager. And, you know, if you're especially if you're Matt holiday and you're doing this off of experience and stuff and no knowledge, you know, I know that there'll be prep work and things of that nature, but he may not have quite the, the workload that some of the others do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh and you're right. I mean, that's, I feel like a lot of the, the coaching decisions do get a little overblown just because it's yeah. more of a, uh, a time management type situation for players than
1: it is a, uh, sounding more for what they need to do If that makes sense yeah the only thing i do want to as we wrap it up you know i do think it's interesting to talk about dusty blake as the pitching coach because this is the first time in my memory um that there hasn't been this established major leaguer as a as a pitching coach right I mean, you had Mike Maddox, you had Derek Liloquist, you had Dave Duncan, who obviously wasn't a pitcher, but he was a you know long-term yeah. pitcher. Um, I don't even know who was before Dave Duncan. I mean, I don't know who Joe Torre had on his staff, you know, um, but I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure that that was back. I would imagine there's, you know, those that had pitching resumes and that's why they were pitching coaches to some degree. I think it's very interesting that they've taken such a step away from that to bring in a guy that is obviously very smart and obviously knows what he's doing and obviously is in line with this analytics. And we've talked about that on the show a couple times about how they needed a guy like a Jeff Albert on the pitching side. And Kyle Reese has pointed out, they have a couple of those in the minors, but Dusty Blake is one of those kind of guys. And I don't know that he's going to have control over the whole minors or anything like, like Albert did, but you know, he's going to be able to bring a little bit more analyticals, philosophy to this pitching staff and I, you know, it will be interesting to see how that goes um, because this pitching staff, and maybe this is a transitional statement, maybe it's not, but this pitching staff feels like right now it's going to need every edge you can get. <laughs> um, and, and if they can find something in the numbers that helps then, you know, or if they can use the numbers to make some good decisions about who needs to start or, or who needs to be pulled or when they need to come out, then that may be what they need.
0: Yeah, and that's. Uh, I agree, especially with all the. the I mean, are, you're right, exactly right. I mean, I feel like they're uh, they're going to need to pull just about every bit of information they can. I think that there's going to have to be. Well, I mean, they're going to be forced to make some decisions about how guys are uh, approach their appearances due to the due to the pitch clock. And I think that a lot of those – I think a lot of the – I think you need a huge analytical advantage at this point, at, at this stage right now with the guys that you have. And maybe behind the scenes they're comfortable that they do. I mean, I, I'm not certain. But but I think you hit the nail on the head on that. I think that uh, the guys that came up through the systems with them, the guys that uh, will put on the, the more analytical tilt, are, are, it's going to be incredibly important with this staff.
1: I think so. Which takes us into – this time of free agency and trades and the hot stove and all that kind of stuff. The winter meetings start very soon. Um, I guess tomorrow maybe. Um, But that hasn't stopped. You know, that people have started to make moves, not the Cardinals Cardinals have not made any moves, which is not surprising.
0: Yeah. We're Um, never ever going to uh, see them set the market.
1: No, no. And the market is getting set. At levels that I don't know that they're going to be comfortable with but let's talk about, I mean, the big news, of course, yesterday was uh, Jacob DeGrom signing for a five-year deal in Texas and the Cardinals were never going to be, I don't know if they even talked to DeGrom, but if they did, it was only a courtesy. Let's see what, you, you know, just in case yeah. you're this huge secret Cardinal fan and want to pay for 10 bucks a year. Um, but, you know, five years for a guy like DeGrom with his injury history is a, it's, I mean, and a lot of money to boot. Um, is an interesting play for a team that's still working toward contention and not needing that one extra piece. Yeah, yeah, and it's, uh, yeah, it's.
0: <laughs> don't we have this conversation every year? No, but, oh, You know, it, our the tune has changed from hey, they're gonna have money to spend, and they're gonna be in, uh, um, it, they're gonna be in. In contention with just about everybody, one of the top four shortstops, and and all kinds of stuff. It will it ever change? I mean, or it, with the two superstars, with Nolan locked back in. I mean, didn't this feel like the year that that would be the make make the most sense to make a move? But I don't. I can tell by your tone of voice and the tone on social media that I don't still think that we're super confident that that's going to happen.
1: No, I, I. You know, I just. I've spent the last couple of weeks writing the exit interviews which is to look at everybody as they left. And to you know, John Mosalok's the last one and I wrote that it went up yesterday. And you know, basically my feeling is when I was looking writing that is that they just don't they don't want to take risk. And 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 that's there's there's good things about that. Don't get me wrong. But you know, the Goldschmidt trade wasn't really a risk. I mean, I guess the biggest risk was that he wouldn't sign after a year. But yeah. even so, what you were giving up, even if you just got one year, Paul Goldschmidt, you're probably okay, and you felt pretty good about him, you know, staying in St. Louis. The Nolan Arenado trade wasn't a risk. You're taking on one of the best players in baseball and getting fifty million dollars to do it. Um, you know, I just don't think, you know, even when they do take you know, some gambles, there are lower risks. I mean, they're like, you know, the Brett Cecil's. Okay, that didn't pay out, but it was, awesome. you know, it was expensive, but it wasn't like, you know, big bucks expensive, right? It didn't just wreck the payroll to have Brett Cecil on the, on there and stuff like that. They're not going to do that. And as much as you look at a Trey Turner and you say, there's no risk there. There is. I mean, there's always the risk. I mean, somebody gets hurt. Somebody just stops performing. You know, I don't think anybody would have thought, you know, Clay Bellinger, uh, Cody Bellinger, um, would have been a risk after his MVP year, and now he's a you know free agent after being released. You know yeah. th- these things happen, and I just don't. So yeah, I mean it's, and it was different when we thought, okay, they have like sixty million dollars to play with, but with the way they're counting for stuff, with they're not counting the money they're getting from the Rockies this year because it should have gone on last year's payroll, blah blah. blah. You know, I don't think they're counting the deferral on Adam Wainwright because they have to pay it out this year. Um, I mean, they have to at least put it away this year. I think that, you know, so it's down to like, you know, feels like $20 million or something like that. Then it's like, what are they going to do? I mean, that, you know, I, I just, Yeah. I guess it really points out. I don't know that it's ever going to change. Yeah. Uh, No, I mean, they're going to be good. They're going to make improvements to their team, but they're never going to say, we're going to be the best team in baseball. And this piece puts us to that level.
0: Yeah. 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 That's, you know, it it was one of those to where you could improve at a position that. There is obviously at a shortstop level to where there's obviously options out there that you can improve right away on something that can be a perceived weakness. Um, there's starters out there that you can add to add some certainty, and you know they they kind of priced themselves out of it at, in the beginning. And you know we had the conversation yesterday, and I thought you had a great tweet to where you know the conversation was was. Or the, Mo made the comment about having six starters.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you said, well, there's a difference between starters and quality starters, and right. and now you go from thinking, hey, maybe, man, maybe they'll go on a Rodon type situation, mm-hmm. uh, which I've never, I mean, no, I will say, I've never been a big fan of that move just because of the injury history, uh, you know, one of those type of situations. But Fair. you're thinking, ah, oh, maybe they can play in those waters. So now, you're thinking, man, Quintana would be nice, but he's probably out of their price range. <laughs> you know, that's we've gone a long way from the end yeah. of the season to think that. We, we had a conversation about Trey Turner on here. Mm-hmm. I'd love to have egg in my face on this deal, but now we're talking about, okay, well, let's, let's see the, the second tier market of just about everything. And, and it, it is slightly disappointing.
1: I think we're almost to the point of, well, hopefully Paul, the young can hit next year. So he can be a backup because there, there's no
0: doubt. I've thought about know. that. You yeah. know, that's, you know, Jay, speaking of Jeff Jones, he had a good piece of, of things leading up to the winter meetings and, 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 uh, had, had had dangled Gorman as a trade piece for potentially uh, Sean Murphy mm-hmm. and and I thought about that I was like you know can they afford to do that because it sounded like there may be three or four guys in the mix up the middle next year and and he's potentially one of them I mean I, I don't know I mean that's I just I yeah I kind of rally back to say man we we've, we've really come a long way from what we thought may happen
1: yeah yeah that they, they have I I agree. I mean, you go into an off season, especially with a team that looked pretty good, and you—I mean, a team that was exciting this last year. Of course, some of the, a lot of that excitement was from Albert Pool, so obviously, isn't going to be there this year, and and things of that nature. But you look at this team; it's like, okay, you know, let's—you know—if you, know, you can get excited about twenty twenty three. I mean, you're you're only if you're excited about twenty twenty three you're excited because you're a Cardinal fan and, you know, they were good this year, but it's not because of anything they've done, nor is it going to be anything to do. I mean, if they go out and get Sean Murphy, I mean, that'd be nice, but is it, and I don't know how, I don't know how exciting, how much that moves the needle. Okay. Sure. right? I mean, maybe that's something, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not saying, I mean, and that's even to I, I don't want them to get Wilson Contreras, but even if they did that, I, you know, I'm not saying that that moves the needle anymore. Um, and then, yeah, maybe you sign Quintana. Maybe you don't because you think, oh, where are we going to put these pictures? Um, although every all the national media seems to say the Cardinals are still interested in Quintana, and and that's fine. I liked what Quintana did, but I'm also afraid that we saw the best of Quintana last year. Yeah, and he's going to revert a little bit back to the form that he had the two or three years, the last two or three years, and that's not going to be. That helpful but even if so even if you get a cantana from last year i would be great but it's not i don't know that it's exciting it's like okay cool but it's not like yeah we got cantana you know i mean i don't i don't yeah, like, you know, yeah. oh yeah
0: you you would be solid i know exactly where mm-hmm. you're going i mean you would be right. solid with that and uh, you would think okay now there's gonna be some competition but it, it still doesn't go back to the fact that we thought and there was reporting out there That they're going to look for some big strikeout guy that's going to come in and and will definitely be your number one. To where that's not—I mean, now you're hoping Flaherty bounces back to do that, and that's we're in no different position than we were last year.
1: Yeah, and I mean, and if if Flaherty bounces back, which again is asking a lot after the injuries he's had and the fact that the one half season he had that was just so great, you you can't—you know—you don't duplicate. Um, unless you're Bob Gibson or something of that nature. I mean, it, he could still be that kind of strikeout guy, though. Um, but that's it, right? I mean, there's nobody else on this staff that you trust to be a fairly decent strikeout guy. I'm not sure that there's anybody else that gets close to a strikeout an inning rather than Flaherty, right? I mean, Dakota Hudson sure isn't going to do that. Um, Adam Wainwright's going to have his moments, but. He's not going to have a seven or eight strikeout game on the regular. Um, Steven Matz, we still don't know what we're really getting with Steven Matz, but he's never been a strikeout kind of guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, Michaelis a little bit, but not, he still is. He's not really a consistent seven, eight, nine strikeout kind of guy. You don't have it um, until you get into the bullpen. And even there, you could use another arm or two. That's a different story, but... um yeah, I mean, you're right. We've, they've talked about that. and They've talked about a lot of things. But I think the most frustrating thing is going to be if they, you know, when John Mosella comes out at the end of the year and says payroll's going up and you're thinking, all right. But then he's saying payroll's going up because of the way they account for salaries and it has no choice but to go up. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, he's not lying. But, right. Yeah. It's not, you know, when you hear them say payroll's going up, you expect, you know, some sort of. Significant increase, not just a cost of living thing, which granted, cost of living increase this days is a little bit higher than it used to be, but um, you don't just expect that, okay, payroll went up from 165 to 170 or 175. You're looking at, okay, it's going from 165 to, you know, 200 or something like that. And, you know, maybe that's on the fans to some degree, but I think that's also on John Moselock for knowing, because he should how his words are going to be taken. Um, You know, if, if Mo comes out like his normal, well, you know, we're going to see what the market has, blah, blah, blah. I don't think we get all that excited, but when somebody comes out and says, you know, payroll's going up when they don't usually say that. Yeah. Then people think that's something important.
0: Sure. Well, and you're right, you're right too. And, and there will be a way that, that this is approached. If we were to ask at any point next year, what do you mean by payroll? and whatnot? It's really tough to make that comment. That hey payroll is going up. That you have a position of weakness. That clearly the guy that has been the incumbent uh, incumbent there has lost his ability to hit, and you have four premier shortstops that are out there. You know, that's probably about poor timing to say that yeah. <laughs> to make that that hey we have some money to spend and we're going to be out there. Well, your obvious hole is a shortstop, and you have four that are game changers. You know that that's that's difficult. I mean, that's you set yourself up for failure making that comment. Right.
1: Yeah, I think that's. I mean. Tommy Edmund will probably be fine at short. And I'm, I'm an Edmund I'm like, guy. Don't
0: get me wrong. Yeah, I mean, I it's just, I, yeah, I mean, it's 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 difficult to kind of swallow when when that comment's made and you're just like, okay, wow. Yeah, I mean, there's two positions they can upgrade. One, you can hold down with the incumbents of the catcher and see what you got going on. But there's right. some guys out there that change this lineup significantly at shortstop, you know?
1: Yeah, and I, I think that to me, I'm always like, okay, even if you have a quality guy, at a position, if you have a chance to get, you know, like a top, like a top guy, like a guy that would be good at any in any era, type of thing, you know, I mean, then you really got to consider that, right? I mean, we we had this discussion with Bryce Harper when when Harper was a free agent. It's like I don't care if you have three outfielders or four outfielders or whatever you've got. Yeah, if you've got a chance to get a guy like Bryce Harper. You at least go for it, and you figure out the rest. You trade somebody off or whatever, but you get better with a guy that's gonna be, you know, top, you know, a top player, a probably a Hall of Fame player at this rate, you know. And you're getting him in his prime. Go do it. I mean, that's what they did with Goldschmidt and Arenado to some degree. Yeah. Uh, although they had to trade for them. And again, it lowered the risk because they knew what they were getting. They didn't have to worry about bidding. They didn't have to worry about, you know, getting played by an agent. They knew what the cost was and they could do They could make those calculations accordingly. But I just feel like, you know, and I feel like they should have learned that through Max Scherzer, right? When Scherzer was available the first time around. And again, it's a pitcher you never i get the risks but still you kind of knew what Scherzer was when he was a free agent the first time and he wanted to be a cardinal and they didn't really pursue that at all and you saw how great you know Mike Scherzer has been um, to I, again i just for a team that looks at the long term so much they sometimes get they don't look at the long term at their times when it matters. I yeah. think say like, oh, you know, we've got five pitchers. What we, we what could we do with a Jacob? You know, we can't fit a Jacob DeGrom in here. And I don't know that's the best example again because, no, yeah, no, I, I know that, I idea that. That, okay, there's a transformative talent on the market, but it's a position where we've got quality guys, but not, you know, superstars but we're just going to stick with the quality guys, which is again, if you can have quality guys at every position, you're going to do fine, but you got to need more than that. I think at times to get over the, over the hump because fine might get you to the playoffs. And again, we, you know, that's, we were talking about that before the show. Sometimes people just want to get to the playoffs and see what happens. Sure. But you know, you'd rather, you know, load the dice a little bit for you and, get good players. I mean, the Dodgers have not won a lot of world series, but they've been deep in the playoffs and had a chance a lot of times because they have really good players.
0: Sure. And I'm not saying this model completely works and it. There, it mm-hmm. comes with a bit of talking out of both sides of our mouth a little bit, <laughs> but last year, I mean, here, here, the Phillies signed Schwarber and Castellanos. And you're thinking those right. dudes are terrible defenders. They're going to have to plug one of them in a DH. They're going to be part-time players. Well, Due to injury, neither one of them dh to the playoffs, and they made the World Series. And that was signing. What I'm kind of getting to. they never once thought, hey, since we shine Schwarber, we can't, can't sign Castellanos type situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, right. it's – I feel like they kind of rolled the dice a little bit. And like I said, Dombrowski, Dombrowski isn't always the best model, but he does win, and they may be wrecked in a few years. But the thing is, is they still kind of rolled the dice, and it paid off.
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, then they're looking at Trey Turner or one of the shortstops this offseason. Well, I mean, yeah, I like, think, and to be honest with you, I feel like that's a foregone conclusion with Turner. Yeah, it may be. Um, And I get, you're right. I mean, yeah. there is value, and we've talked about it a bit. I, I very much value this idea that the Cardinals haven't been bad in 25 mm-hmm. years. Or so. You know, I mean, there's... You're like, you were talking about Dabrowski. Yeah. He may, you know, you build it up and then you let it crash or whatever the case may be. And the Cardinals
0: don't. Not it. everywhere he's been. And, but you're right. right.
1: Um, But man, I I mean, there's gotta be a, there's gotta be a way to be consistently good, but also take a risk. Yeah. It puts you over the top.
0: Well, and this is, I mean, this is the most arrow slinging and, and mud slinging that I've done in a while on this. But at, just like you said, it's been 25 years. Mm-hmm. Are you really going to wreck the system that you feel is good, that, that stable and proven right. that you've done it? By signing one guy, with the, when you have two superstars already, That's and you're ready to win a World Series, I just don't buy it. And I feel like it makes it look worse when you come out and make the comment that we that payroll will go up. I mean, it's that's I, it's it's tough to wrap your brain around the fact that, hey, this isn't that much of a gamble if your system is as good as you think that it is.
1: And you know, I don't. People that listen to this know that I'm not at all an owner basher. And no, 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 no. Yeah, I, no, I agree. And, I agree with that. Yeah, and I understand. This idea definitely coming from, you know, accounting background, is this idea of making the Cardinals kind of in their own silo and they have to, you know, they have to make money and, you know, Ballpark Village has to make money, all these different things. But, and I, I think that's a good play. Don't get me wrong. But I also think that, yeah, if you take that risk and it doesn't pan out, you know, there are other pools of places to cover yeah. short term. Um, you know, and again, I know Builderwood's not the only owner. I know there's a group of owners, and you've got to kind of keep, but you know, out of those guys, you know, they're going to be able to cover, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, you have to, if things blow up and you have to, I, I think you can cover a few million dollars here and there is what I'm saying. Um, you know, I know that they don't want to get into the luxury tax. I get that. Um, but, you Know also that luxury tax isn't just huge, you know. I mean, I mean, there's for, for where you're looking at it. Um, and I, I mean, golly, they're what 40 50 million behind the lower. I mean, they could sign a huge free agent and still not be in, in that spot. So, I don't know. I mean, obviously, they know more about their business than we do. I, they, yeah, I agree. All, I that, all that stuff, I get that, but. And I will say there's a lot of players that we have advocated for that. We said they should do this or make this move. And it's a good thing they didn't. I mean, I get that, but, you know, it's very difficult, you know, when you watch Bryce Harper in the world series to not think that, Hey, you know, one of the reasons you didn't go after Bryce Harper is because you wanted this outfield to Dylan Carlson but Harrison Bader and Tyler O'Neill, and now you don't have Bader, and you don't know what the other two have. You know, if you go for the proven commodity instead of these prospects coming up every once in a while, it can pay off. Um, you know, that said, we'll see what they do. I mean, they'll they'll do. I mean, we know that they're going to do something because, and I'm going to say I'm a little bit surprised here, not too much, but if I'm Andrew Kisner. I am not happy with this <laughs> group.
0: I thought of that exact same thing just last week. I was like, boy, I, I mean, how close are you to going and saying, hey, I kind of want to deal out of this?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I thought I saw, I think I saw it today or yesterday, Ollie Marmol talking about a void at catcher. And I'm like, you've got a guy that, I mean, I'm not I'm not necessarily advocating for head register to be your starter, but, you know, this is a guy that's come up through the ranks and has done well at spots, and he's had some stretches in the majors that have been good. And, you know, I, I can... I mean, it's one thing that I guess maybe you can give him points for read honest. but, you know, I think to me, I'm like, okay, well, yeah, we're looking at something else, but if we have to go with Ender Kistner, you know, and Yvonne Herrera, then we're comfortable with that, or blah, blah, blah. I mean, it didn't mean that they are, but, you know... The same they're, thing they're doing with Edmund, essentially. Yeah, yeah, but I think that, you know, they've... They're like... It's like they don't have a catcher on the roster in the way they're acting. And I mean, I'm like, what am I here?
0: Yeah. No. And, and, you know, here's the the, probably the most insulting thing is we know this is either going to be Vasquez or Murphy, right? I mean, and we think Murphy's on the high end, I would assume. I I mean, I just can't imagine it being anybody else. And if it's not, then you're really going to look bad.
1: Well, yeah. What happens now if you start the season? With yeah. merger? with I mean, how do you backtrack from that? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Um, it's weird. I, I just, I've never seen the Cardinals be quite as dismissive <laughs> of what they have. I yeah. mean, even, even Paul DeYoung, they're like, well, he's going to have to do some work this offseason, but, you know, we trust that Paul could come back. You know, I mean, they're making some happy talk around that, but it's like Andrew Kisner doesn't exist. Um, it's, I don't know. Like I said, I, it's not like Andrew Kisner had this great year or anything like that. And I get that. I'm not saying that they shouldn't improve at catcher. But, you know, for the fact that they've spent so much time you know trying to bring him up, plus they do have Herrera, who... You know, you and I talked about last year at the time. It's very weird how little they gave him a chance when Yachty was out. Um, They went and signed Austin Romine. I mean, come on. I mean, how, you know, you went to that degree to make sure you could send Yvonne Herrera back to the minors. You know, what are you thinking of him? I don't know, but it's a, it's a strange situation all the way around. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I just, I just don't think I've ever seen them be this open about you know, hey, we've got to do something, and you know, again, that to some degree, I mean, kind of puts you in a position of a bit of weakness. Now, maybe you can do that because there are so many catching options out there. You know, the Vasquez, the Contreras, the Murphy possibility, and so you don't feel like you're going to be beholden to just one of them. But um, still, seems weird. Yeah, no,
0: I thought the exact same thing, and I, I kind of felt like that from the beginning. Um, yeah, we're going to sign a frontline guy. I was like, well, man, I guess what you have is, is. I mean, in the, it it didn't seem as a huge, it, it, it's such a huge cut down in the beginning you know, because you mm-hmm. felt like, well, maybe they, I bet they've approached this with him and said, hey, this is what the value you bring to us. This is where we are. We feel like we can do it. Not. This is just, you know, it, it, me, maybe right. a silver lining type deal saying, hey, we think we can get an uptick offensively here. You bring this and this and this and maybe soften the blow a little bit but that is always the headline now of we need a frontline guy you know what we have isn't good enough we got to go here and here and and yeah you're right you can look at other positions and think that's not somewhere you can improve i mean I, I don't know i mean i i completely understand the deal for a catcher but you're exactly right you're like well man i mean that's. i don't feel like he's done that poorly to be treated like
1: that yeah i mean he hasn't gotten a full season i mean he now, ha- he was on the he was on the roster the full year this year but he, you know he was the backup it's not like he started from day one and hit 180 the whole whole way through I mean they had some some pretty good moments I mean like, again you know when I, I thought he was a little bit better than he was when I then I wrote the exit interview and realized it wasn't quite as you know I had some positive bias there because I'd remembered some of the big hits he had and not necessarily all the <laughs> times where he didn't but still I I, I don't know I'm just a, it's a little bit weird to especially for a Cardinal team that doesn't necessarily it tends to want to, you know, have the prospect and low, low uh, payroll kind of guy. It's, uh, it's a little bit interesting to see that them be that aggressive, I, which this all kind of leads into, and maybe we've kind of addressed these things. I did call it out on our discord, um, channel. Uh, and if you're interested in joining our discord server, let me know. We'll get you in there. But, um, asked if there were any questions and, and all of them tended to go to uh, free agency. So the, the one we got, well, two of them really, but we got one from here from DP that says uh, the two part question is which free agent does it make the most sense for the Cardinals to sign? And who do you think they'll actually sign? And I think we've kind of addressed that a little bit. I mean, if there's a, a free agent out there that they really should sign, who do you think that is
0: a free agent? They should sign. Yeah. Oh man. Um, I mean, here's I doesn't Turner just check a ton of boxes for you? I
1: Think so. I think as a leadoff so, yeah. hitter,
0: as a shortstop, yeah. thirty years old, you're going to get four or five years out of him. I mean, I know the three hundred million is, is tough to swallow, but mm-hmm. I just feel like that's the that's the route that makes you a legit contender. I mean, right. you know, I just just finished reading an article about the Padres talking to him. You know, they have two shortstops on the roster right now, right. and right. they're talking yeah. to him to improve. I mean, that's I just feel like that would be that would make a whole heck of a lot of sense.
1: Yep. I agree. I think that's the one that if I was to pick a free agent for them to sign, that's who I would want them to sign. Um, now, who do you think? I think the one that they actually will sign. I mean, if I had to just pick a free agent that I expect them to sign, it's yeah, it's it's Christian basket. That's I
0: agree. Completely. agree with um,
1: I think they would like to try to trade for Murphy, um, but looking at what, you know, Oakland's asking for I just boy I just don't know that it's worth it for them to do that plus they'd have to give up a lot of of young talent so yeah and and
0: one of them is a left-handed bat and like Jeff pointed in his article that that would probably be Gorman can they afford to lose Gorman right now if they don't sign a shortstop you know what I mean I mean I feel like you have to have all those guys in the mix to get production there and this is not and I'm not you know throwing mud at Edmund or uh, Donovan at all it's right. just, I feel like there needs to be more more names in the mix, unless you really think wins coming quick. I mean that that's the only thing that I would believe that that would happen.
1: Yeah, that's and that's and true. I, I, it may be, it may be just. But again, it's like one of those, you know, that the the Padres are moving for Fernando Tatis around the uh, the yard because you know they want to be able to sign a Trey Turner or something like that. You know, can Mason win not play someplace else if he has to? Yeah. Um, you know, do you? Do you focus so much on, okay, he's coming in a couple of years? Because, you know, I, I like what Mason Wynn does. I'm very excited to see what he can do at the major league level. But, and I know it's not quite apples to apples because Paul DeYoung wasn't necessarily this kind of riser. But, you know, we saw what Paul DeYoung did in his first year and we were like, wow, this is a, you got a power hitting shortstop. You're going to have him for, and, you know, now look where we're at. You know, um you know there's no guarantees that Mason Wynn's going to take to Everything I I don't know, um, but yeah, I just don't think that I think I think Vask. I, I mean, if you're going to sign Turner, you could trade Gorman. But yeah, without yeah. with yeah. without that, yeah, I think you you've Gorman. I mean, you've got the DH spot open this year. I mean, Yepes is going to have a lot of time there too. But um, and if yeah, I figure Donovan's going to play a lot of second, but. Uh, yeah i wouldn't i don't know that i'd do that so yeah i think they'd like to try to get for murphy and i'm not saying they won't do that and they might overpay on it just because they think they need a catch her so badly but i think i think vasquez makes the most sense that they'll do that and then i guess the other i mean the only other person i could see them signing was probably Quintana. i don't i don't know that i can imagine them they're not gonna I, they're not gonna be on Rondone because rondon's gonna make You know, probably. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, well, yeah,
0: Verlander and and Rodon aren't they? That's a different level right now. I mean, that's going to be. And after seeing what Degrom was paid yesterday, I mean that that's going that market's going to be huge. And New York has to sign one of those guys at this
1: point, correct? (laughs) Yeah, I would think so. Okay, I, I would say that I don't think they will. I don't really at all. But the idea that Justin Verlander might come on like a two-year deal. I don't know. I've seen some rumors about him getting a three-year deal or one, three. I'm like, I mean, he's almost 40, right? Or he is yeah. 40. I don't remember. He but I know 40. he's, yeah. I know he's still throwing like crazy. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, but I also don't think I'd give him a three-year deal yeah. because those things can happen. But, you know, the idea of spending a high annual value on a guy for a couple of years I think is more appealing to the Cardinals than having a pitcher, especially on the hook for five or six. Um, you know, that being said, if he gets hurt enough, you know, you don't have time to break it up. So maybe not, maybe they'd rather have a guy for five or six years. So they have the controlling and, and, and know that. But I think there's something to the idea of paying, you know, paying $40 million for a season or something like that. And kind of like the sure their contract. Um, but I don't, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't think they will, but I I think that they're more likely to do that, a guy like that on a year or two than try to spend 40 something million for five years, you know, um, but yeah, I I think Quintana and Vasquez are the only, only real free agents that we would see them sign, so... Um, and that all that kind of Ben Cerruti also have, <laughs> if the Cardinals could only make two moves this off season affecting the major league club, what's the best they can do? And why is it exactly what Benjamin Hawkman of all people suggested, which was Turner and Murphy had, you know, Hawkman hits, uh, Hogman Hawk, hits some stuff all the time, every, every once in a while, I guess. Um, but, um, yeah, I, it, there's just not that, I mean, there's not a whole lot of, this is not a, a free agent situation that just. There's so many options that the Cardinals could do, right? I mean, because they only need to fix catcher. Uh, They only, you know, they could improve at other spots, but they don't have to. And so, and I don't think it's the deepest of free agent classes. I mean, there are shortstops, but there's not necessarily a lot of other things. So it's not like there's just a, a ton of variations on what the Cardinals could do.
0: Yeah, I mean, they cut out their creativity pretty quickly. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a little bit frustrating. Not that I thought that there would be moves by now. I did not in any way think that they were going to set the market or do anything like that. I feel like now they're playing the market back into them a little bit to where it's it's going to be some of the names. And, you know, now I've kind of talked myself into being pretty happy if it's Vasquez
1: in, in King Kong. Yeah.
0: And that's, I don't know if I necessarily would have felt that a month ago.
1: No, no, no. And, you know, there is, I mean, anything at catcher is going to be an upgrade, right? Because Yachty was so, I mean, offensively upgraded. I mean, defense was, it's a different story. And I think Vasquez can bring the defense to the level that we've kind of gotten used to because Yachty had slipped a little bit. Um, But offensively, I mean, the catcher spot was, was pretty bad last year. So if you can get any, if you get a guy like Vasquez who can give you something as, as offensively as well, Then, you know, that's probably going to help offset the fact that Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arnado probably aren't going to be MVP candidates again. Yeah. Um, But even then, you're still kind of just stuck at where you were last year. Um, Because there's not a lot of spots, unless you've got Jordan Walker coming up. And if Jordan Walker hits like Jordan Walker has hit everywhere else, then yes, you can get a boost there. But on the whole, you know, there's not a lot of spots. I guess Tyler O'Neill getting better would help. I just don't know where you're up. I, I just feel like you know, I don't know if you can get much better than what you did last year with what you've got right now. Have we um
0: that's I feel like that's a really good point because it's one of those situations where I didn't really know how to approach it because it got back to the talking out of both sides of your mouth a little bit on me. <laughs> um where the intangibles the only thing that Molina brought the last few years? It being leadership and pitch framing and, the, and those type deals, and anything they get as far as offensive uptick and maybe a defensive uptick is going to be an improvement. You know what I mean by that? I mean that's. I think we're hanging on to making a bigger deal out of it with with Molina and overlooking the fact that anything they get back there will probably be an upgrade. I mean, as bad as that is to say, and sacrilegious as that may be to say to Cardinals fans. But am I making sense by saying that? You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah okay. I know what you're saying. Um, you know, I'm pulling up Yachty's spot here now. You know, he was he was actually, I said last year he was half a, I'm looking at baseball reference war, which is probably, I think most people like fan graphs, but this baseball reference is easy for me. Um, you know, he was negative- a .5 in offensive war last year he was a, actually a one more in 21 um yeah he's last year especially i think yeah i could say that maybe maybe going back a little bit farther he still had a little bit of offensive value um but i think last year yeah and you know defensively he was still good um i think some of the base stealing was people just not trying against him. I would have been interested. It's kind of like when Barry Bonds was getting walked all the time intentionally yeah. walked. It's like, I just, you know, I think sometimes you're giving him a, a free pass when he could probably could get him out. You know, he might not have, but I think some people didn't run on Yachty just because they didn't want to take the risk. Yeah. Um, and he still had it. I mean, I don't, don't I don't want to say that, you know, Yachty was just coasting on legend or something or his, you know, reputation. But there was a little bit of that, especially in the last year or so. Um, but I do think that, you know, anything you get at back there, I mean, especially for the fact that, look, you know, Yachty was gone for what? Six weeks, maybe closer to two months when you take in some of the other times he was gone. Eh, probably just closer. He was only gone, mainly six weeks. Um, And so, you know, he was gone then. He had Andrew Kister, which again, we've talked about. Um, you had Austin Romine. Um, you know, so yeah, I think it it would not be very, very, it would be very hard to not get more than you got out of catcher spot last year, and it would not be very hard to get better, so yeah, probably anybody's going to improve that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's, uh, I don't know, it, it's, it's one of those that, I, it, it's weird, I mean, it may not even point to anything, I just feel like I think that we've kind of blown that out of proportion and, and any signing is probably going to be an upgrade. I mean, I'm not so certain that the Vasquez is a huge upgrade, but, but we'll have to see, cause that's probably what they'll be relegated to in the first place. Probably. I mean, that's a, you know, the Murphy deal that, that I feel like he's kind of out of their price range for a trade just due to, I, I just don't think they can trade from one of their, their areas of need, which I think will be up the middle. So it may not be Gorman. I don't know, but, but, uh, but we'll have to wait and see. I don't know. Um, are we are we overlooking the fact that Mo may have something in his pocket that may be huge, though? Not necessarily a signing. Maybe well, going out I... really shaking things up.
1: I was actually going to ask you if you thought there was a, a trade maybe that Mo would make that we're not seeing. Um, He's good at those. I will say that. He, can be. he can't be. <laughs> I don't <laughs> – like somebody said, you know, let's see what MVP finalist is out there. It's just, you know, this year because it was two years, four years ago he traded for Goldschmidt. Two years ago he traded for Arenado. Um, but and it, I'm, there's there's always possibility for that. Um, we don't know some of these players that might be available that we don't know about. I think the difference is you knew Arizona was going to go after Gold was going to put Goldschmidt on the market right? Cause he only had one year left and it just, that was pretty obvious. Nolan had been trying to get out of Colorado yeah. for a while. Um, I've heard that the Cardinals had even tried to trade for him before and it, and it didn't, you know, fell through and um, before this, before the trade that actually happened. I don't know. I Maybe mean, you're better at this. You know, you've got more of a connection to all this stuff. And I, I can't think of anybody that's, you know, people are talking about, Hey, maybe this is a possibility, even though he's going to, you know, you know, that kind of same situation that the Cardinals could get in on. Um, you know, that doesn't mean that there's not players like that around or that they don't take a gamble on somebody that's got a couple years left and they give up, you know, a Gorman and something else. Um, but I mean, what do you, what would, if you were going to put odds on Mo making a trade for player that we aren't talking about right now, so not a Murphy trade or anything like that what would you put the odds at?
0: Oh man. I, I don't know. That's a tough one because I have kind of con gone through some catchers to see what would happen and, and see some of the names that were out there. You know, you start from the, you know, the Kirk's and, uh, mm-hmm. in the, and Jansen and those guys in Toronto, potentially a McCann who McCann is not, he may bring some of those intangibles that, 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 uh, Molina brought, but it wouldn't really move the needle much on an offensive side, and he's owed a lot of money. Um, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, it's it, it's tough to kind of draw a lot of names or find some that you think that they could actually move on that would uh, that would be something that would be a huge upgrade at this point. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not even really sure what big contracts are out there that would be willing to move.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't.
0: I mean, as far as the question, I mean, shoot, maybe fifty percent. I don't know. I mean, that's and I say that just because I think they understand they need to improve, and I Mm -hmm. think that this there's has been signs at a pointed that they're gonna they're going to do something. What that is, I don't know. Uh, I feel like they talked it back a little bit from the opening comment of the payroll going up. Not to keep going back to that. But I do feel like they need to improve, and they see that, hey, we're the best team in the division now. How can we get to be the top team or one of the top three or four teams in the in the National League? That's that's the way that I look at it.
1: Yeah, I gotta think there's probably only like a twenty or thirty percent chance that there there's a trade that we don't see right now. Yeah, that's gonna happen um, because I can't. Rem- I mean, except for trade deadline stuff, which is different. I feel like to some degree. I'm trying to remember a trade that came out of nowhere, you know, at least. And, and I mean, again, granted, some of these trades we didn't really know about till like three or four days beforehand. And so it's possible we'll hear about something and start thinking, oh, OK, that could happen. But, I, I you know, I'm, I'm sure there's something that's just not coming to mind. But I think most of the trades that we've heard about are kind of been telegraphed. Yeah. And I, yeah, I just don't think that I think with the prospects coming up, you're right. I mean, if they were going to get, if they wanted to improve the middle infield, they'd at least not, I don't think kind of shut down this whole offseason, you know, free agency thing, um, you know, get you a catcher. And I think they want to sort out their outfield and see what they've got out there. And, um, you know, I also think it's very difficult. I mean, you'd have to, almost have to, unless it's Katana, you don't have to trade for a pitcher because no other pitcher wants to come in here with that many arms and try to compete. Yeah. So, but I also can't think of any kind of pitcher like that's, you know, a high strikeout pitcher that's on the, on the trade market. So uh, yeah, it's hard to me. It's hard for me to imagine anything that we're not already talking about that again, that the free agent, the front office talks to everybody and they they're that's their job to come up with stuff we can't think about but it hopefully they will, but I, nothing seems, it doesn't feel like that's what this club wants to do.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't, it, it's because you look and you're thinking, well, can they afford to trade one of these outfielders now? I don't think they can just because the competition is back to where it was to where, I mean, we can't necessarily name who's going to start next year. Right. I right. mean, in the outfield, I mean, that's, that's, that's going to be tough. Now, maybe that's some certainty they try to clear up as well. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not real sure, but, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, it it's becoming very vanilla again. And, and that's just kind of been, you know, status quo, really.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, again, I think if you, if you look at the the sales, vanilla ice cream is probably the one of the top sellers, but Uh. it's also not very many people's favorites either. So, um, they like it, but it's not necessarily their absolute favorite. So, um, I, yeah. there's something to be a vanilla, but there's, there's some downsides as well. Yeah. We'll just have to, we'll have to wait and see. And it's,
0: it's, I think that we just, it, it may not even be true. It just feels like everybody around them improves some way. I mean, even look at, look, look what Milwaukee's willing to do. They're always moving and shaking with the, uh, the Wong trade for a guy like Winker, who I really like, you know, Mm. it's one of those, I was like, if he was available, that may have made a lot of sense, but you know, It just seems like they're willing to to roll it a lot, and the Cardinals just aren't necessarily in that same boat.
1: It does sound like the Brewers have taken Burns and Woodruff off the table. We'll see how long that lasts, you know. Yeah. But that's what it seems like. You know, there's some talk. Maybe they would, you know, we'll see what Winker does, if they'll flip him or not. Um, It does sound like this was more of a, you know, money even deal but they have you know they've lost some players as well and it i mean that is that's the downside of this division right for the car for for us looking at it that way is the cardinals seem to still be clear favorites in this division um we have not seen except milwaukee has maybe maybe stayed about the same Um, some would say they've gotten worse um You know, the Reds are still a way off. The Pirates are not anywhere close. The Cubs, even if they have a spending spree this offseason, which doesn't necessarily seem likely, they're still a little bit off. So, I mean, the Cardinals don't necessarily have the pressure to get better to win the division. And like we said, we don't think they have the – they don't feel the pressure to be one of the best teams in baseball. Um, So there's no real reason for them to go out and spend $40 million on a Trey Turner or something like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, which is true. And like I said, you, you, you said it earlier, they know the business better than we do. And, uh, but it's still, it's just one of those to where it it's, I wouldn't say frustrating. It's more of the, Oh, here we go again, you know, yeah. type of situation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, you're right. It seems like every, you know, at the beginning of all of your off season, we kind of try to talk ourselves into them making some sort of major move. And then by December, we're already like, eh, which, to be fair, even the year they got the Auto, you know, we were like, you know, nothing happened until that Auto trade, which was oh, in like yeah. January. So, um, you know, and the Goldschmidt trade was actually early December. So, you know, maybe they'll surprise us this week. Um, I would like to see them do that. That's fine, but, um. If, you know, and again, if it's the same old, same old, and they win a division title next year, okay. Yeah. You know, hopefully, and hopefully they get a better, you know, because, you know, we talked about it a little bit before the show. If the Cardinals win that game, that first game, which they should have won um, in, against the Phillies, you know, the Phillies might not be in the World Series. I don't know if the Cardinals would have been, but they probably, you know, the good chance that the Cardinals could have won that first round matchup. And who knows after that, um, would we feel a little bit better about this team if they had won, even just that first round against the Phillies, um, would we feel like maybe this was a better team than you know than we think they are now?
0: Yeah, I'm, I you know what I'm not I'm not certain. I mean, I feel like there's there's a faction of the fan base that's a World Series or bus type situation right now just because of Goldsmith and Ar- Goldsmith Arnado. And, and uh, I mean, I, there's probably some stuff that thought they overachieved with Pujols and everybody. You know, so, Mm -hmm. so I'm not certain, you know, I don't know. I mean, you see where they are. I mean, the roster that we see going back, I just, the question I want to pose to you and maybe in anybody who's listening, would you be happy if they signed two of the three of Goldschmidt, Quintana or Goldschmidt? I'm sorry, Vasquez, Quintana or Bellinger.
1: (sighs) Happy hmm.
0: Bellinger to me is a worthy gamble. I don't know why I feel that way, but I feel like he is.
1: Well, now that now that there's talk about him out there working with Matt Holiday this uh, offseason, season, um, maybe there's maybe there's something to that. I, yeah, I, Bellinger's an such an interesting case. Um, I would like to see that because I'd like, but you know, like I said, and and I've seen both sides of this discussion. I've seen the the numbers that. You know, his numbers the last three years are very comparable to Paul DeYoung's numbers for the last three years. There's also the fact that he's younger and he plays some better, you know, um, mainly younger. Um, I would, again, if you're going to have to pay $20 million for him, then, you know, um you know the card the the Dodgers released him so they wouldn't have to pay. What's the qualifying offer like eighteen point seven or something like that this year? Yeah, yeah um, I can't remember. Yeah, again, something like that. But if you're, yeah, if you can get him for ten to fifteen, I mean, yeah, I think that's that's the kind of thing the Cardinals definitely should be doing because. They've got such a solid core. You must, well, I mean, that's a that's a fairly low risk situation with a high upside. Yeah. You know, at worst, I mean, I hate to say, especially since Bellinger's looking for a one year deal, uh, so he can build his value back up. That's fine. Do that. Maybe you get an option year or something if you can. But you know, if you get a guy for fifteen million dollars and he hits like Paul DeYoung. Then, you know, when you're ready for Jordan Walker to come up, I mean, yeah, it's a little bit painful, but it's one of those things. You just get rid of him. Okay, fine. Or see if you can find somebody else to take him on or whatever. But if he hits like he can, if he can make some adjustments, if it's more about, you know, health than it was about approach, then all of a sudden you've got a guy that in the past has been MVP yeah, or MVP candidate. You know, all of a sudden you're doing that for $15 million. That's the kind of gamble that a team like the Cardinals can afford to take. And probably should. So, I mean, that would be at least interesting. Um, you know, Vasquez and and Katana are like it's like it's like the vegetables on your plate, right? I mean, you need them. They're fine. They're good, but that's not necessarily what you sat down for dinner for.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's uh, that's a good analogy, really, because that's one of those to where even. <laughs> right after world series was either over or when we did one of the last shows, we were like that. You can see that one happening just because that's the safe, the Vasquez signing, just because that's the safest yep. way to go. And that fits like, feels like somebody that they would, they would move, you know, they would move on if it was available, knowing that you wouldn't have to be in a hurry. You're going to have to see what's out there. You know, you can, you can turn over stones to, to see what, uh, what trades are going to be available? You can make it to San Diego this week to see what's going on. And a lot of those situations of the Vasquez types will probably be out there. You know what I mean? But, yeah, you're right. I mean, here's what, what makes a lot of sense with the Bellinger thing to me. Even if you were to sign him in that ten to $15 million range that we were talking about, yeah, that's going to stink a little bit. I mean, this because that's going to be heavyweight if he does come out and hit like a De Young. But could you use him even in the worst type situations to where De Young played big moments last year? Mm-hmm. and you're going to have Bellinger, who's a gold glove winner, potentially could play the outfield for you. I mean, is there any value in that? I mean, because you're looking at right now, you're looking at what? Newbar, O'Neal, Carlson, um, Burleson, and your next two moves are Donovan and Edmund? I mean, you can't tell me that Bellinger doesn't fit in that some way, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to where you feel like you're going to have that big of a drop. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's it's still to look from where he was to from where he was in the MVP season to you know where he was the last two years. It you wonder if he'll ever be healthy enough to recover to get somewhat back. Um, I don't know, but it's still even in that situation, I feel like he would be a guy that would fit into this roster regardless, even if he wasn't back to the MVP level.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah. I feel like it's hard. It's just hard for me to imagine somebody that's fallen off that hard, not having something left now. Uh, yeah. You know, cause Paul Young.
0: Well, I mean, keep, keep in mind, this all happened after that shoulder injury. Right. You know? Right. So and, that's, and, that's the thing with me.
1: And, and to be fair, sometimes when you have physical issues, I mean, you know, Jack Flaherty has had those arm issues and I think there's a good chance that Jack Flaherty doesn't ever get to the level. So he thought Jack Flaherty could get because, of that i mean it's just hard to come back from all some of this stuff so so maybe that's part of it but yeah i think that you know you know like i say i'm saying paul young came up and was you know a 30 home run shortstop but i don't think any of us ever expected him to be like mvp like constantly we yeah. thought he'd be a good player i mean we thought we'd have been a bit of like this we thought we didn't exceed this fall and this is a drop off that's significant but i mean a guy like bellinger to go from where he was at to where he's at now, uh, he's just almost un- unheard of, right? And so I feel like, yeah, I think there's there's something there. I think it's worth, especially if his shoulder looks good. And, I, and like I said, it's it's I don't know. We like to read a lot into this stuff a lot of times, but you know the fact that he is working with Matt Holiday right now, yeah, out at Oklahoma State. I mean, and. <laughs> You know, to be fair, Matt Holiday worked with Matt Carpenter last year, which is not the whole reason Matt Carpenter rebounded this year. I mean, he went and saw a lot of different places and plus got into a really good spot uh, in, in Yankee Stadium that worked for him. Um, but, you know, is there, you know, if nothing else, the Cardinals should be able to get a good report, you know, get good information on Bellinger. Um, that Holiday can say, Hey, yeah, he's got it. Or Hey, he doesn't. doesn't yeah. mean that they're going to act on it. doesn't mean that they're going to sign him. doesn't mean that, you know, somebody else isn't going to outbid them for him, but I got to feel like they're keeping tabs um, in this situation. And you know, whether that pans out or not, I don't know. I, I agree though. It would be now I'm not sitting down and trying to figure out how the 26 man roster works. And you know, if the signing of Bellinger pushes somebody else off that roster, we, don't want to push off. I'm not doing all that. So I'm not saying there's not, there are other considerations, but just on the face of it, that does seem like a move the Cardinals should make.
0: Yeah, I know. I agree. And it's funny. I've looked at his baseball reference page probably a thousand times, (laughs) you know, I mean, I mean, I, that's stupid, but, but several over just to see, Hey, what can, what can you see? Why? I mean, what that's the deal. I mean, In 2020, you know, that's the 60-game season. He, You know, he wasn't remarkable, but he was still a league average player, which is coming off the MVP year. But, like you said, you never know, I mean, what the 2020 effect is going to have on everybody. The 2020 series is when he hurt his shoulder. The thing that's amazing to me, though, is, yeah, he did only OPS plus at 78. He, He had 27 doubles and 19 homers last year. That's big for the Cardinals lineup. Yeah. And that's at Dodger Stadium.
1: Yeah. You know, that's true. it's so. true. It would be one that the uh, the change from his home stadium to Bush Day wouldn't be exactly. As- yeah, Plus he stole fourteen bases last? That's year. what. Yeah, that's. Well, I was just getting ready to bring that
0: up. Now, the you know the one hundred and fifty strikeouts is one thing, but that's so commonplace now. Not not to keep trying to talk or talk myself into this, but I just don't. I just don't feel like he's the dead weight that 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 people think right now.
1: I think it's. I mean, yeah. I mean. Baseball reference has him at 1.2 WAR last year. So, you know, you know, most of that's probably, let me, let me scroll down here. Oh no. Most of it was offensive wars. 1.1 there and 0.5 and defensive war. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think that maybe there, you're right. There is some value there still, Um you know, 210 batting average. You don't like that, but you know, when it comes with 27 doubles and 19 homers, maybe you deal. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what we did. That's what the Cardinals have done with Paul DeYoung for, for, right. I mean, until he stopped hitting for power, they, you know, they still, they stuck with him. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. That's, that's, that is slightly intriguing. I, I, again, I don't, but if you could put a guy like that, even in your seven or eight spot, you know, and, and bring you some power low farther down in the lineup. I mean, it's, Possible. Now, I, I think that I think the downside for the Cardinals dealing with Bellinger is I don't think they could guarantee him, you know, consistent playing time. I mean, he could earn it, but, you know, he's not going to be in the starting lineup opening day, probably, right? I mean, I don't, unless they trade Lars Newbar in some other deal. I mean, the outfield's going to be Newt Barr, Carlson, and O'Neill, and they're going to run that and see what they've got. And, mm. and Bellinger could play here and there, but I don't, you know, somebody else may be able to say, look, you're going to be our starting outfielder. And, I think that could be a, that could be a tipping factor, and if the Cardinals even did try to sign him,
0: sure. And yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it's probably going to be one of those deals to where he's going to sign for a heck of a lot more than than we think sure. we'd be willing to play. Because right. we've clearly gotten to the to, to the point of the season where I talk tough and say, "Hey, for one year, I could take anything." To where I'm like, mm-hmm. "Oh my gosh, did you see Degrom made 37? You know <laughs> what I mean? I'm just yeah, yeah, I'm the worst about these situations. I'm not so certain that he doesn't think that he would come in and start over a Carlson or a Newt Bar though. Now, the, the uh, you know, the caveat being he's a Boris client, which probably means he's probably not going to be a Cardinal regardless, you know, the, yeah. for that reason, because they're going to max out the dollars. And I think the one-year idea comes from Boris himself. So, you know, I don't know. It, it would be intriguing, and it's a move that I would really love to see them make. I just, you know, that I, I, I mean, I think he changes their lineup with your right, hitting lower to where potentially he could be a fifth or a second, you know. That makes you pretty darn good.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I don't know. It's it's just very difficult. I mean, I'm on the face of it, yeah, yeah. I might put Bellinger out there over Newt Bar or something like that. Yeah. But, I mean, because Newt Bar had a good year, had good moments, but overall his his year wasn't as good as I thought it was overall. No. Now, part of I, I don't, I'm not downgrading him at all. I mean, I think you been out there, but you know. Could you put a Bellinger out there instead? You know, do you, do you sign a Bellinger, and that free you up to put Newt Barr in a deal? Because once Jordan Walker comes,
0: yeah, that it's
1: yeah. in this conversation anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing is I, you know, I I think that's what they're counting on as well. I mean, I think they're counting on Walker and Win in a big way, and I think that they've shown yeah. enough to them potentially that uh, that that's coming pretty quickly. But yeah, you're right. I mean, that's I wonder how much. Of a blocking a superstar is going to happen, and I I think it was telling that Walker played center field all uh, throughout the mm-hmm. fall league.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of I mean, there's a lot of you know now if Tyler Neal comes back, I mean I've, they had an article I didn't get a chance to read it this week, but kind of saw some bits about you know how he was going through his off season and what he was doing. You no, know, Tyler Neal comes back healthy and strong and back to what we thought we could see that that'd be great. And, you know, if Carlson can make some sort of adjustments, that's great. But, yeah, I, boy, I, I think I would – I'd really like to see the Cardinals, you know, once you talk about that. I think Bellinger makes a lot of sense for what this Cardinal team wants to do. Um, and they need to – like I said, they need to sign him, and then they free up – they do free up Newt Barr because seems to be a person that the car, that trade teams are looking at. Um, you know, I could see him going to Oakland or or – um, Toronto, if that's the case. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of different things. I'm sure that none of that will happen, so it won't matter, but uh, you know, killed 15 minutes, so we'll just <laughs>
0: <laughs> I got you.
1: Oh, <laughs> man, um, we have run a little long. Um, Alan and I will be back. If Cardinals make a move, maybe we can do a show next week um, at some point in time. May, I feel like we'll probably get another one in in December. Can't you sure. it, but um we'll see if we can do especially if the cardinals do something um but until whenever that is a christmas Alex, episode forthcoming that's right We'll we'll try to do one for, for christmas uh assuming we don't blow all the circuits in the house <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, but anyway uh until the next time for alan i'm daniel good night good night